Amy Ingerbretson here, professional skier, dog mom, cat lover, podcaster, and your host for Warren Miller Entertainment's Long Underwear. In this podcast, we are sitting down with world-class athletes and industry legends. Nothing is off limits except for one rule. After introductions, there will be no more mentions of skiing or snowboarding allowed. We are stripping off the layers and getting to know the skiers and riders underneath the gear. Welcome to Long Underwear. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Long Underwear. I am Amy Ingerbretson, and you are finding me in Revelstoke, British Columbia, and I am lucky enough to be joined by my friend and inspirational ski partner, Miss Lexi DuPont. Hi. Hi. It's so good to be here with you. I know. I know. I'm so glad to have you on the podcast. It's more fun when it's my friends, because then it's just like a fun combo. I know, and Amy and I have been to some really awesome places around the world skiing together. Um, Actually, we just spent the last five days here in Revelstoke skiing, but... Yeah, yeah. we just had five days in Revelstoke shooting for K2, but we have filmed together for Warren Miller twice. Mm-hmm. First trip was for Chasing Shadows uh, in Valdez, Alaska. It was my first trip to Alaska. Best one ever. I mean, it was amazing. That was a dream I think that, trip. That still might have been the best week of my ski life. <laughs> yep, I'd agree. Yeah. Yeah, it was all time sunshine and a lot of heli time. It was perfect. <laughs> I mean, good snow. Good snow, yeah. It was scary, but fun. <laughs> I was glad you were there. Holy smokes, those mountains are huge. I know, I know. And then our other trip was really funny. We went to France, to Val d'Isere for um, Line of Descent. Maybe like the other end of the spectrum of skiing. Totally, totally. Like full apres Euro scene. Yeah, the skiing was bad, so we just partied. <laughs> Danced on some tables. But that's just what's so beautiful about ski culture and the ski industry is like you have these complete opposite ends of the spectrum that can kind of like spark your interest in every direction. I think what's cool too is like for me with you, the two things that I like doing with you the most are skiing and partying. True. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're like the best partner for both. both. <laughs> oh, man. But so I want you to tell me a little bit about your first Warren Miller trip because that was kind of a crazy trip, as I can recall from your stories. You were oh, in yeah. Norway, right? Yeah. So that was kind of like the kickoff of my ski career. I'd never really filmed before that. Um, I was, you know, competing on the Freeride World Tour a little bit, but maybe just for a year. And then... Boom, Warren Miller. We went kind of a, another contrast. We went to southern Utah and skied these epic snow, like through these like sand towers down in Bryce Canyon. Wow. And then, you know, a couple months later, went to Svalbard, Norway, and we were as far north as you could possibly be putting first descents up um, on the northern end of Svalbard. The polar bears and. Yeah, so you crazy. were with Tom Day <clears throat> and Reggie Christ. Oh, yeah, and we were shooting on film too. Oh, my God. It was like before the red camera, so it was like rolling. <laughs> and I'm like, shit, I'm out of film. Like, get your hand in a black bag when it's negative 30 and change the film roll. It was wild. My dad used to shoot film, and the tent that they used to change the film in, like in my little girl mind, it was a perfect Barbie tent. And all I wanted was him, him to let me put my Barbies in there, and he like wouldn't let me. And I was like, God, dad, you're so mean. You don't even share your toys. <laughs> But so on that trip, you told me this story one time of like the first couloir you ever skied. You hiked up by yourself. You had like never used that kind of gear before. Oh, yeah. So I, I had like very limited um, winter camping experience. And we so get just to do the it zone. in Norway. It's yeah, yeah. Ideal. No, do it in Norway for like two weeks <laughs> when it's like negative 30 degrees. Oh, my God. 24 hours of daylight. It was epic. I mean, I think now looking back as an older, more mature skier, I have way more appreciation for it. But when I was there in that moment, it was like survival for two weeks straight, you know? Um, 
But yeah, so I'm like boot packing up this couar and we see this fog bank rolling in. So the production crew gets on the radio and they're like, you got to hustle. You should run up this thing. And so I like take out my big puffy jacket, put it at the bottom and I just start running up this couar. And of course I didn't beat the fog. You know, mother nature always rules. I get to the top and the top had been like pretty wind blasted by wind and it was super firm. And I had my ice axe and I was able to like chip away a little place for my feet but not enough room to like really move and get my body heat up after like sweating my ass up oh my getting God. up to that point. And the inside of my jacket was just like covered in frost and I got hypothermia like instantly. Oh my God. Um, and I don't really remember anything other than that. I guess what had happened was that, you know, they say dropping and I take one turn and like tomahawk all the way down this couloir. Oh. And I woke up, you know, a couple hours later in a sleeping bag in a tent with water bottles all around me. And that was like my intro to oh my God. like winter camping Arctic experience. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to being a pro skier. Exactly. And, and you were also 19? like team? Yeah, 19, first day. We still have two weeks ahead of us. Shit, yeah, that was the first was, day. Yeah, it was humbling. It was a very like steep learning curve. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. That just But I mean, the crazy. rest of the trip was epic. We had incredible snow mm-hmm. and it's such Did you guys a, see polar bears? We did. We saw nine polar what? bears. What? Oh, oh my yeah. God. Is yeah. that terrifying? And not, I mean, at one point we did have a mom and two baby cubs walk like really kind of uncomfortably close. Because um, I could smell our trash and they were like, and polar bears are actually blind and they just follow their scent. So it wasn't yeah. until they got close enough to be able to kind of see us as shadows a little bit. And we're like waving our arms like, back up, get out of here. Um, and they turned around because she didn't yeah. want her babies close to some wild humans. Yeah, good. Oh my gosh, polar bears are scary. They are. Yeah, wow. for sure. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, cool. Well, that's how every time you tell me about that trip, I'm like, oh my gosh, how did you even continue? I'd love to go back. I'd love to go back. I no know. Respect. I've never been. I would love to go. Like really prepared though. Oh yeah. <laughs> Super prepared. Um, cool. So just a little bit more about skiing before we dive into the non-ski portion of this chat. Mm-hmm. Um, you this year you're going up to Alaska and you're celebrating or you're kind of. Uh, filming and recording your 10th year skiing in AK. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what has the last 10 years of skiing in AK been like? Like, do you have any highlights or low points or anything like yeah, what I stands mean, out after 10 years of skiing in yeah. AK? It's, I just I pinch myself how fast time flies, you know? I remember when I was first going there, again, I was 19 years old, and now being able to, like, reflect on 10 years in Haynes, especially one location, I just... What I'm trying to get across with this little film I'm making is you don't just go up to Alaska on your first year and just crush it like you've seen in the films. It definitely takes, it's a super special place and you have to create a relationship with those mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not unlike anything else, the blind rollovers, slough management, big glaciers, no tree markers, like a very kind of um, subtle terrain, but also like death defying mistakes. You know, you fall, you're going all the way to the bottom of those peaks. Mm-hmm. Um, So I just want to tap into how I've built my confidence over the years up there um, and how intimidating and how much respect that that terrain demands. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it feels really good. I don't I know there's a lot of other women that spend time in Alaska, but I'm not sure unless you're guiding other many women out there that have put 10 years into one location. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know if there are. I mean, I I could be mistaken. I'm not going to like own that yeah but that's a cool story and it's definitely like a parent like when I've been up there with you because I was there on my first trip ever and I was like 
oh my god, you know, like I suck. Like it was humbling. Oh sure. Um, because I was just like, these mountains are so big. I don't understand where I am. Like I've never dealt with slough like this. Um, so yeah, I think getting the message across of like how much time it takes to get to that level is yeah, it's for sure. It's, it's cool. real. It's yeah. real. It's definitely. I'm gonna weasel my way in there. Come You're on. gonna do it. I'm gonna yeah. weasel. I'm gonna weasel. You just got. I'm not gonna <laughs> just tell people. It's like put your time in. Don't get frustrated if you don't get it the first time up there. It takes. You know, I was talking to Michelle too. She had been going up for a long time, and yeah. she's like, not until like my fourth, fifth season did I actually feel confident in this right. terrain in any sense. You know, right? When I was up there with you, I was on the uh, too scared to eat diet because I was basically. <laughs> 100% petrified 24-7 the whole yeah, time we were there. And it was like, we were there for like three weeks. You're like, hell yeah, what's that? No. <laughs> Opposite. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we could talk about skiing all day, but the point of this podcast is to not talk about skiing because that's all we ever talk about. True. Um, actually, we talk about other stuff. But so, okay. So now, from now on, no ski. It's called the S word. It's not allowed. Are you, right, are you game? S word. No more. No more. Cool. Um, let's just take a right turn and go into the fact that you're becoming a pilot. Ooh, <laughs> what yeah. like what is that process like and that experience like um oh well it's so humbling yeah I, I didn't say the s word but Alaska's humbling but piloting is I definitely underestimated the process um but so I come from like a long line of aviators it's just what my family has done for generations my you know my grandfather Alexis my namesake he was the first man to land a plane in Borneo. He, um, his brother Richard invented the glider. They started American Airlines together back in the day. Oh my gosh. Uh, my aunt Alice, she was the first female to fly the Amazon. So I was kind of raised in this family of hearing about these epic aviation stories. And then my dad has this awesome 180 Cessna in Sun Valley tail dragger from 1955 we call her blue thunder <laughs> and me and my sisters were pretty much raised in the back of that thing going to grandma's house in idaho falls cruising around the sawtooths around sun valley um, idaho actually has more backcountry landing strips than any other state in america and my uncle um richard was a big part of putting a lot of those landing strips in and oh, wow. started the salmon out airway taxi throughout idaho oh, wow. so the history is large and i was like man i gotta do it i just need to go get my license so for the last two years i've been chipping away at my private pilot's license and um have this really crazy goal to refly Alice's flight down the Amazon in the next three years. And Alice is your aunt. Alice is my aunt. First woman to fly, fly, the, fly the Amazon. She did it when she was 22 years old. What does open. fly the Amazon mean? Like, so she left from Florida and okay. went to Rio, and she was in a float plane. So an open biplane, which is like your hair is flapping in the wind, like leather helmet type style. You know, there's no roof on the on the fuselage. Are you going to do and, one of those? <laughs> no. Oh, oh my God. God. But she, so she did, she was 22 and she didn't even have a radio. She had a paper map and a compass What? and she flew the Amazon. Um, first woman to do it was sponsored by Pan Am life magazine covered the entire journey. Um, and so I have her journal. My dad, two years ago, gifted me Alice's journal and it's a day to day account of her journey down the Amazon. So I was like, I have to do this. Yeah. hundred percent. So that's been one of my huge goals. It's taken up a lot of my time. Yes. The S word is in the back of my mind constantly, and it keeps my energy flowing towards this project. But um, flying is like triggered my inspiration in a whole new way. It's cool to have like a completely different part of your life, Holy extreme smokes. goal and passion. Well, and it's also it's challenging my multitasking. It takes an incredible amount of dedication and hard work. Um, mentorship is also super important. Um, Kitty Banner, actually, one of our friend, you guys. Um, 
Shred Frit fans might have known Corey Seaman, but his mom, Kitty Banner, she started K2 Aviation up in Alaska, and she was um, one of the first women to fly around Talkeetna and land planes on Denali. So I've asked her to mentor me and um, embark on this journey with me. So it's kind of an awesome female story that we're going to go down this river. And so, yeah, this summer I'm going to get my float plane endorsement so that I can land on the river. So basically you just land on the river, drop an anchor. When Alice was doing it, she was just hanging a hammock in the wings and sleeping in the wings of the airplane and continuing on. But now we have... How long of a trip are we talking um, I think it'll probably be about three weeks. Wow. Um, we're still, like, Have you ever been all... to the Amazon or any no. part of that world? I've yeah. never been down that's, there. That's crazy. Dude, snakes. Oh, speaking of snakes, <laughs> so when Alice was doing it, she oh um, she was running into these tribes that had never seen a plane, right? Let right. alone, like, a white woman, but coming from the sky. Right. And so they'd come out. She writes about this in her journal, and they would just, like, bring her snakes and bats oh god and so at one point she's like trying to get lift over the canopy and there's too many snakes in the airplane and she's like throwing snakes out the window so she can get lift to get above the canopy yeah it's like full indiana jones shit i'm like i can't make this shit up oh my god (laughs) that's like the like og snakes on a plane Uh, yeah right (laughs) "Hmm." that makes me sick to my stomach i hate snakes (laughs) oh my god so much um well, that sounds amazing. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's been daunting, fun following your progress. But I, I know I can do it. And if I have a doubt, I just like, we need what to, would Alice do? I did this like mountain biking and hot springing trip in Idaho where right. we stayed at hot springs each night and then mountain bike to a new hot spring. And then we flew home. And we need to figure out how to get bikes in your plane and oh, swimsuits and go sure. out to this landing strip in Atlanta. Well, I mean, look what Bushy's doing in his plane. I know. It's, it's kind of like a little helicopter, some of these like light... Totally. Super experimental backcountry totally. aircrafts. Yeah, flying. Some fat tires and a smaller engine. <laughs> yeah, well, um, yeah, that's going to be crazy as that all unfolds. Thanks. Yeah, I'm excited to share it with everyone for sure. All right, so my next question is kind of just to kind of get to know you a little bit more for the people at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I clearly know you. But so when you're home, Whichever home that might be, whether that's Sun Valley or here in Revy. But when you're home and you have an average day, you're not doing the S-word, you're not filming, you're not working, just an average day. What is, like, your number one, like, favorite part of that day? Like, what's the thing you look forward to the most on just a normal, basic day? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, I'm actually trying to have a couple more of these in my life because I used to just schedule trips back to back and always on the road. And I would just get so worn down and sick would, like, I just get sick, get Mm -hmm. sore throat, headaches, and... So now I'm just trying to keep it a little more even. Mm -hmm. And I find that routine brings a lot of energy into my life. Mm -hmm. So it usually is like wake up, not too late, but like maybe like 8 o'clock, you know? Luxury. Yeah, luxury. Have a little (laughs) sleep in. And then um, I make a really nice healthy breakfast, smoothies. I usually do like roasted peppers and eggs. Mm. And then I go to the gym. You know, I go to CrossFit. or a morning worker-outer. I'm a morning worker-outer for sure. Just, like, go fire it out. And that just kind of, like, builds up my energy through the day. That's awesome. Yeah, and I think I look forward to that a lot. I also, laundry. I actually get a lot of pleasure out of doing laundry. I love folding <laughs> towels. Yeah. I don't know why. It's so satisfying. It's so satisfying. I'm like, clean my room, do some laundry. Yeah. Oh, I, like, feel relaxed. Yeah. 
And then just like chip away at that inbox in my email. Yeah, that's not that you know, thing empty. That's not something you look forward to. No, that's what I you want have it, to do. I have to do, but I want it to be empty. I look forward to it being empty. Well, that's like me. So like I'm showing you my to do list. <laughs> yeah, I love making these big to do lists and crossing shit and out, crossing stuff off. Uh-huh. <laughs> just normal um, stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think that I feel the same, and that's kind of what a lot of people on the podcast have said is like. Looking forward to. I'm pretty sure Jesse Diggins said she looks forward to laundry. The laundry, yeah. I also love. It's like you want a gold medal movies. and you look forward to laundry. Yeah, I movies. love going to the movies. Oh yeah, just my boyfriend Todd popcorn. loves going to the movies. Yeah, popcorn and a root beer. Love it. Root beer. Root beer and popcorn. All right, I'm gonna let's go on a movie date sometime. Let's do it. I love it. Here in Revelstoke, we only actually get like one every four days, <laughs> so you're kind of hit or miss if you're gonna see a good one. Yeah, it's got a plan. Yeah. You see one coming, you're like, all right, mark it on the calendar. Yeah. We got one good film coming to town. Make, make an alert. <laughs> um, okay, so I know that you have thought long and hard about this, and you have a very developed story and character. <laughs> um, you you have a spirit animal. Oh, I do. Yeah. Okay, mm. what is it? Okay, it's like, it's kind of strange, but I just like, I was walking around Bali and I saw a fruit bat. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this thing, it's, they're, it's huge, it's like a foot and a half tall, it's like this little fox. What? Oh yeah, they're huge. No. Yeah, they're pretty big. Oh my gosh. And they have like little fox face. <laughs> and it was so cute. And he was just like hiding under his cloak of his wings. Just, like, checking me out like a fox under a little blanket. And I was like, that thing is so dope. That is my spirit animal. I just sat there staring at it forever. And everyone's like, come on. And it flies. And it flies. It has sonar. It eats fruit. (laughs) It's like, I mean, fruit bats, it's... It just spoke to you. You're like, you are my... They're so cool. I mean, we up here in Canada, too, we have, like, bat boxes at our gardens to, like, keep all the the bugs, bad bugs, away from the fruit and the veggies. Mm-hmm. Like, they are magical. They're yeah. super cool. And their dogs or their scat, what is that? I, I quote me, I don't know what their poop's called, but. Yeah. Oh, Guido? Guo? Something like that. I mean, I'm not familiar with. I know. I should do some more research on my spirit animal, but I really like fruit bats. I think <laughs> And I you have, like, a little bat costume you, like, roll oh, yeah, around I have with. A, I have a, yeah, I roll, like, when I'm on the road, I have a f- bat onesie. Yeah. <laughs> I love my bat costume. I also have a fruit bat skull on a necklace oh, that yeah, I wear. Yeah. It's like a pendant. That thing actually is like super heavy. I could beat someone up with it if I needed to. People are like, what is that? I'm like, it's a fruit bat skull. And they're like, that thing's huge. Yeah, I did not, I had no idea they were so big. Yeah, they're big. Wow. Super cool. Yeah. I like how cohesive your spirit animal like story and dedication is oh thank you i find it inspiring i don't really know what my spirit animal is yet but maybe it'll come to you it'll come to me someday um okay next question Mm -hmm. what is like maybe you have a few but what comes to mind what's like your guilty pleasure Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) um my guilty pleasure what's one of them like something that like would be kind of embarrassing if other people like knew that you really liked it. My vibrator? No. Lexi. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, can I say this on this podcast? Yes. Yes. You can say whatever you want on this podcast, <laughs> except for the S word. Except for the S word. Um, <laughs> what is my guilty pleasure? I avocados, man. That's not guilty. Is that not guilty? But like, avocados I, are like good I for you. Like so many of them. Uh, well, like an, maybe an unhealthy amount. Can you have I too much like, of a good thing? I mean, oh, okay. In theory, here's one. 
long showers. I actually, oh. I feel bad about it because I'm like a water worshiper and a big advocate for conserving water and like as a steward for our environment, but like Sometimes for some reason I just can't get out of that thing. <laughs> I turn it on like scalding hot and I like can't escape it. And then maybe it's because we're like cold and I'm like, yeah. I also am an Aquarius. I love my water. But I just, like, stay under that thing for way too long. And I also live with roommates. Like, I, I think it'll convert into a bath when I have my own bathroom. Right. And then I can, like, conserve water a little bit more. But right now it's, like, I don't really want to bathe in the place that all four of us are showering. Fair so enough. So it's the long shower thing. And I feel yeah. so guilty about it. But it feels so good. It's so good. That's, like, an actual guilty pleasure. That's, like, <laughs> specifically what that means. I had, a roommate, <laughs> I had a roommate for a while that would take the longest showers. And I'd be, like... Dude, what are you doing in there? And apparently he would just lay down in the shower. <laughs> I was like, it's like nap time. Just take a bath, why exactly. don't you? Yeah. But yeah, I feel you. Oh, sometimes it's so hard to get out of the shower. Last yesterday I was freezing and I yeah. took a really hot long shower. And you get out and your body's like be red. Like, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Good. Good answer. Okay, so one more question. If you could rule the whole world for one day, what would you do? If I could rule the whole world. Would you like, oh, what would you do? Smokes. It's kind of like a superpower question. Kind of. If you could have one superpower. I, I ask that question on the podcast a lot too. You but do? This one's more like, would you like enact world. something? Would you have everyone do something for one day? Like Jim Ryan said that he would make it a mandate that for the day nobody could look at any screens for a whole day. Well, that's a good one. Yeah. I think I would make it so everyone in the world could not use anything like el- no electricity or any yeah. kind of like anything that emits any kind of emissions just to see what kind of impact that would have if the whole globe just went like on a blackout Yeah, for a day. Yeah. You know, and to kind of record that to give that information back to the people of like, look, one day did this. Yeah, you would maybe need to make it like a few days because the first day would just be chaos. Oh, it would be full chaos. You'd have to give everyone a warning for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Big warning. Yeah, just no. to see what it's like to be off just the grid. A, well, yeah, and the impact it would have on the world because they talk about just, you know, if you have a blackout in New York City for a day, how incredible how that is. Power yeah, how much saves. power it saves. And to do that on a global scale could be pretty awesome. It would be an extreme experiment. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sounds about right. Well, maybe that'll happen someday. Hopefully not on accident. But. Totally. Um, okay. So on every podcast, I ask everybody to do something I like to do called two highs and a low. Mm-hmm. I do it throughout my day. I think we've probably done it on trips before. And so I want to know two highs, one low of the last year of your life, Whoa. completely outside of your career. Two highs and a low. Of the last year. Wow. That is a really good question. Um, just the first thing that first pops, up. pops up. Well, I'd have to say one of the highs is probably. <laughs> was that there's so many. Bad? There's so many good highs. It's like it's incredible. That's, that's um, a good problem. I think. Well, I guess that was last year when my nephew was born. But that's okay. Yeah, I think a high is when Wiley was born. He's just another bright light to our world. My sister had her second baby, um, and that was incredible. And you were, like, there for the whole thing. Oh, yeah. I was there. Actually, she was in between my legs. My sister and I, my younger sister and I kind of, for both of the boys, were there for the 
the whole delivery. Um, and Zach, her husband, for sure, like catches it every time. And Ruby walks in the older sister and cuts the umbilical cord. It's like a full family affair, but um, that's been really, really cool. Um, another high, I think, is my house here in Revelstoke. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, got the building permit, took a really long time to get, and we weren't sure if we'd ever get it. It's a fully passive, off the grid, sustainable home. And um, also seeing that, like, it's almost done this year. Yeah. And that's been pretty incredible to see. I feel like getting a walkthrough of your house the other day up here was the high of my last year. (laughs) (laughs) That place is incredible. Oh, thank you. It's taken a lot of work, and um, it's just really cool to see it all come together. Yeah, and so just explain a little bit, like, when you say passive. Yes. It's going to collect rainwater, right? Yes, I have. It's solar. It's powered by solar panels on the um, solar voltaic panels. Um, which we actually are going to sell back to the grid in the winter time and then buy our credits back. Um, but it also has rain entrapment. So we put a bunch of big septic tanks under the ground. So all of the running water in the house will be filtered rainwater. That's amazing. Um, yeah. And then it's, a, it's has really crazy thick insulation and triple pane glass. So um, it, the whole south side of the house is glass and it takes the sun in and absorbs it into the concrete floors and then, um, you don't really ever need heat in the it's house amazing. at all. Yeah, it's pretty it's crazy. Amazing. It's just body heat and then the appliances and electrical kind of heat the whole house because it's so insulated. Um, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait to come back and see it. And it's going to be gorgeous and it has a view of Begby. Oh, yeah. It's right here right here in Revelstoke. Yeah. Well, I'm house guest number one. Yeah, for sure. I'm building <laughs> <you> a room. <laughs> yes, please. Um, okay, on so now low. one low. Know. There has to be a low because sometimes the lows <laughs> make you like appreciate the highs. Maybe the puts oh, the lows sure. in perspective. Some people have real... Harsh lows. Yeah, I think it was, you know, Bryce dying. Bryce Newcomb, he was one of all of our really good friends. I went to high school with him, and um, he's from Sun Valley, and that one just really rocked us. I think it was because, you know, he was just on life support for so long that we just had so much hope that he would come around and out the other side, and so we never really gave in to the fact that it was over. Yeah, it was a long process. It was long. Our, our friend Bryce was um, involved in a cornice failure accident at Jackson Hole last winter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was, it was really sad. I have the coolest thing. I'm actually going to read it. Oh, I yeah. have at the... I at, have it too, actually, in my wallet. At, <laughs> was it at the the Celebration the of Life? Sun or? Valley, yeah. Sun Do you Valley. have it? I do have we it. All, oh, here, I got it. So, so this is from Bryce Newcomb. At the... Celebration of Life, we all got a little, basically, business card with a picture of Bryce. That he kept in his pocket. His right. So, it's well, this one we got is a picture of Bryce that says send it. But on the back, it's um, a list of life. And he had this in his wallet, in his pocket, every single day of his life. And this is what it says. It's like the coolest thing. I keep it with me all the time. Okay. List of life from Bryce Newcomb. Don't doubt yourself. Never give up. Don't lose sight of your goals. Do what makes you happy. Keep your shit together. Always be there for friends and family. Never forget about yourself. Live life the way you want. Be on top of everything. Keep your head straight. Listen to others and yourself. Shit happens for a reason. Don't push away the ones you love. Friends are key. Never hide. (laughs) Express your feelings. Take chances no matter the outcome. You are great. Never stop. Be assertive. Push yourself to be better. Life's short. Live it up. 
Oh my god. I just love that. The love fact that it. you it had that wraps him up so well too. Ugh. Like such a good human. He was. He was I the miss best. him a lot for sure. Yeah, I think everyone does, but yeah, that's that is one low right there, that's for sure. Yeah, that was hard. Oh. <laughs> Bryce, we miss you. I miss you, Bryce. Okay. We're gonna turn a little bit. And yeah. you told me that you thought of a funny story. Oh, yeah. Because you have so many funny stories. I know, but we were, I was trying to think of it, and I'm like, are these just funny for the people that were there? Or you're like... Oh, I mean, how? in my experience, Lexi stories are funny for anyone. Oh, my God. So this one, I actually asked my younger sister because I couldn't re- like think of one off the top of my head. And she... Okay. So <clears throat> it's quite embarrassing, but I'm just going to put it out there. Okay. So this... <laughs> fall I was down in San Diego and I had gotten really sick one day and I was like puking my brains out actually this this cute boy I was like going on a date with him and he was picking me up in Northern California we're driving down to San Diego and as soon as like he picked me up I just like instantly got viciously ill and so we're like driving down the road and I'm like pull over and like just projectile vomiting in like every 10 minutes down the road I don't know what it was and so then we went to my cousin's house that night he went out with my cousins I slept it off and then I woke up the next day and I'm like wow I feel great like I'm, I'm back and we go out to get like coffee or breakfast and we're walking back from coffee or breakfast and I like out of nowhere, I just shit my pants. No. Yes. What? I was, like, walking up the street, and I just, like, you know, you can never trust a fart, you know? <laughs> and I shit my pants. I kid you not. I had to take my sweatshirt off and tie it around my waist. So it you was, like, it from the guy. down the back of my legs. Oh, like my gosh. Like, back. really? It wasn't, oh, yeah. like, a Like, shark. thankfully, I was wearing camo pants because it, like, kind of blunt. No, but my Ew. whole backside was just, like, wet. Oh my god! And did it you was, hide it from the guy, oh or did my he know? God, I had, like tied um <laughs> my flannel or whatever I was wearing around my waist, but it smelled so bad, you know. Right, all so, of a sudden it just smells like poop, like so bad. I'm like, I'm you go ahead, you know, like walk. I would like refuse to like walk in front of him, but like also giving him an awkwardly uncomfortable amount of distance <laughs> so that he couldn't smell me as we walk back to the house and like immediately just like got in the shower and just like showered with all my clothes on, you know. Like, you all right in there? And I'm like, yeah, just, you know, got a little sweaty on that walk. Need to rinse off. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, that was terrible. Wait, but did you end up telling him what happened? Oh, no. no. Are you kidding? Absolutely not. But I immediately, like, was texting my sister and my girlfriends. I'm like, you will not believe it. Like, I just pooped my I pants just, on just a date. I just my pants on a date. That's, like, the worst date ever. Oh, it was terrible. Like, it couldn't like, be worse. No. Couldn't be worse. Yeah, especially even the, like, like, the pre- like, like the first day of just like if puking you had, like, all day. But yeah, but even like, I don't know, barfing on someone. Like, <laughs> I'd rather barf on someone than like poop my pants. <laughs> oh my God, so Maybe that's bad. selfish. So bad, right? <laughs> exactly. You're like, you're, it looks like it's your problem now. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like throwing up's a little more like, oh. yeah. Oh my God, that's so bad. That that's so, so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe yeah, that. I have no filter. Just put it out there for yeah, you. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. I can't even believe that. Um, well, on that lovely note, <laughs> leave everybody with that memory. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. How about just um, embarrassing things happen to all of us? It does. Embarrassing things happen to all of us. Don't be scared about it either. Like, I think it's what makes us human and you have to talk about everything. I know. I'm an open book. Yeah. 
you want to hear one of my most yes, embarrassing please. moments? Yes, please. Can you help me out, please? <laughs> so it's, a, it's a really embarrassing one, too. Um, I was, it, it's a story of a missed text, mm, which mm. are the worst. Mm-hmm, We've all mm-hmm. been there. And <laughs> I thought I was responding to a text message from my girlfriend who had texted me, asking me, hey, like, what are you up to? And I responded by saying, nothing, just got my beef waxed, what are you doing? But instead, I sent it to my dad. Oh! <laughs> Sorry, dad. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> got my beef waxed, what are you up to? My dad's just like, yeah, what do you do? he just responds like, uh, thanks for sharing, yeah. like I'm skiing or something. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God, really? so I'm bad. So sorry, dad. <laughs> Yeah. So. Oh, that is a good one. Thank you. Yeah, we'll leave Thanks like everybody with those two really ladylike stories. Yeah, ladylike stories. <laughs> We're all full of them. <laughs> but um, yeah, we've rifled through our time. I knew that it was going to be pretty darn easy with you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for Yay! having me on your podcast. Thanks for being on the podcast. And I just love this like inner look of you know athletes, and I think it's a really unique perspective. So yeah. Thank you for that. Well, I know like for me, the concept of this show came from the fact that. You know, I talk about skiing 90% of the time. Like, mm-hmm. it's kind of annoying. Like, because I'm obsessed. Yeah, we're in love. I'm obsessed, as all of us are. And so I think it's kind of a fun challenge. It's a challenge for me to not talk about it. So, yeah, for sure. Um, but good job. We didn't even, like, think about the S word. I know, right? Yeah. There's literally a lot of life out there. Yeah, there is. <laughs> but, um, Lexi, I love you. You're so inspiring and wonderful and happy. And good luck in Alaska this year. Thank you. It was so fun to ski here with you, too. I know. I know. Thanks for having me. Hopefully we ski together more this year. We'll see. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'll weasel my way into somewhere somehow. Let's come on, Rebel Stoke Snow. Yes, I know. Um, (laughs) Well, cool. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. Everybody, uh, thank you so much for listening to Long Underwear. Um, I hope you guys are having a great time doing whatever you're doing outside. And be sure to tune back in for the next episode. And if you like what you're hearing, go ahead and give us a follow, a rating, a comment. Reach out to me on social media at A. Ingerbretson. And before we go, Lexi, where can people find you to keep following along with yeah, your adventures? Yeah, I think follow me on Instagram, Lexi DuPont, at Lexi DuPont. Um, I think that's like the, the best one. Yeah, that's and the best one. stories up every day. Lexi's follow stories off. are great. Everybody follow her. And uh, yeah, leave me a comment. Let me know what you guys think. And thank you so much for listening to Long Underwear. This podcast was brought to you by Warren Miller Entertainment, who you can follow on social media at Warren Miller ENT to keep the good times rolling. Long Underwear was produced by me, Amy Ingerbretson, as well as Jesse Hackett and Jessica McGee from the Warren Miller Entertainment team. Art is by Barclay Wyrock and editing and mixing by Jason McDaniel.